Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages 0 to 8. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood experts, Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss. And make the most out of every chance to teach, play, and love. What will back to school look like this year? It may feel like a different type of start to school as we think about whether we'll once again be using masks or doing social distancing. But young children need the same skills and strategies they've always needed when transitioning into a new school year. Here are Rachel and Claire with key insights on what you can do to help your child feel ready to head back to school this year. Hi, Claire. Hey, Rachel. I can't believe another summer has flown by and and it's time to start thinking about another school year. And even though... Of course, we have just gone through an unprecedented year plus a whole bunch of months. It's not, we're still in this unprecedented time. So much about being ready for school is the same as it has always been. So I guess that's good, uh, good news that the recommendations and what we would say about what readiness means for a student, for a young child really is the same. There might be some different needs, some different gaps, some different opportunities this year. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I'm just sitting here thinking about when I was a kid and it was back to school time. You know, you felt the summer winding down, the days were getting shorter, the commercials would come on the radio for back to school sales. Mm-hmm. And my stomach just did a little flip-flop just even thinking about it. And I, I used to get when I was a kid, I used to get so nervous. Even the years I was returning to the same school that I'd been at for years through elementary school, I still was kind of a wreck. And I just feel like it took a lot of, now looking back on it, I realized it must have taken my parents a lot of patience Mm -hmm. and it was probably trying for them to deal with how nervous I was. Um, In particular, I can remember um, maybe kindergarten or first grade, I could not fall asleep the night Uh, before the first day of school. And I remember I kept coming out of my room over and over again and I could see my parents' patience (laughs) wearing thin and I was just, I was just anxious and I was nervous and, uh, I just, I, I can't remember how they soothed me, but my goodness, that must've been a handful. How, how did you feel about going back to school when you were a kid? I know that I wanted to get things right. And I really wanted the teacher to like me. And I remember, I remember back in first grade being, you had to get a, you got, we got jobs taking the lunch tickets because we were using paper things down to the basement (laughs) where the janitors were with the chalkboard erasers that you could clean, which was a super coveted job, by the way. Remember that. And, um, and then one of the jobs was, um, doing the pledge of allegiance and you had to stand in front of the class. And I was so nervous. I was one of the first kids in the class. That was my job to do that. And I, I'm pretty sure the the way the story goes is my parents had to call the teacher and ask for me to bump down on the list because I was not (laughs) going to be able to handle that. And, you know, now I do public speaking very often for a living. So there's no telling, right? You can't tell how a child yeah. is going to, what's going to happen with them, but there's a lot of nerves and anxiety and it's, it's new stuff. And just because they're kids doesn't mean that they don't have these feelings. We have these feelings when we're starting new and starting a new job. So of course, so there's, I, I also remember the excitement. I remember loving mm-hmm. to go back to school to see friends and 
I loved shopping for school supplies. I still love shopping for school supplies. So yes. I think that got me through. I do get the question a lot, especially right now in the summer about how do I get my child ready? Like I, they're, they're feeling kind of nervous. They're feeling kind of anxious. And of course I think about young Claire. So Rachel, what would you say have said to my parents and what would you say now to any parents who are dealing with a similar, a similar type of child reaction? That's a good question. I, I, you know, and I, of course, I don't know your parents or, or that history, but the, always the first question I would ask is to make sure that there wasn't a lot of performance pressure that we're, we're not talking about, are you ready in terms of pr what you can produce, what your outcomes are, how you can test, what things you've memorized, what you can, what facts you can spout out. That is the best way to help kids if they're feeling anxious already to add to it, or if they're not feeling anxious to give them anxious feelings is to make them feel that going to school is about performance mm -hmm. and being evaluated and judged. And that stuff is the least important for young, the youngest, we're talking about the youngest children and their readiness to be successful in school. That's what we want to think about. Do they have the skills? Do they have the knowledge? Do they have the abilities? And do they have the capacities, characteristics built so they can succeed at school? They don't need to know everything that school's going to teach them. It's not about what they know. It's about can they do it? Can they meet the expectations of school? Can they feel successful? Can they feel confident? So that's one of the first things I would say is just making sure that we're not accidentally putting pressure on children. That's unnecessary. Right. And mm -hmm. we know that's happening all the time. And then also just to make this normal. So we separation anxiety is normal. I'm I'm any age. We don't some I've been with adults who don't like to be away from their spouse and get a little mm -hmm. struggle with that a little bit. It's just we we don't like you know, we're attached to people, and that's a good thing to mm -hmm. feel an attachment to someone. So kids, mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to build some skills. So validating those nervous feelings, not trying to erase them, not telling, oh, you're being silly or you should, oh, you, there's no reason for you to feel like that. Just I get it. This is, yeah, you are nervous. I see you're nervous. I see that's how you're behaving. I see these symptoms, these signs, your facial expressions. Let them feel it, right? No one likes to be told, don't feel your feelings and That's children right. don't either. So they need that validation. And then you can talk to them about your own stories, your own feelings about starting something new. You can model for them how to try something. You can do some role playing that mm -hmm. always feels awkward, but always <laughs> prepares people for a tough situation because then they can recall, okay, my mom walked me through how to make a new friend. So I'll do, I'll do that. Even though they're like, mom, this is so silly. But then when they need it, they'll have that in That's their right. minds. And I, I guess I'd say for me, a really important thing is kids need an opportunity to see what they're made of and to overcome a challenge and to build resilience. They don't just get an unlimited amount of resilience for their life. They need to keep building it. And it comes through hardship and struggle and challenge. This is a natural opportunity for them. So instead of trying to eliminate the problem or tell them not to worry about it, teach them how to handle these kinds of feelings. How do you feel? How do you get through anxiety or anxious feelings? These are natural feelings and such a good opportunity. And that building that resilience is a lifelong skill they can apply to everything in school, not just getting themselves there on the first day. That's absolutely right. And I, I really, I want to touch back on something you said about like the role play 
and the practicing of what's making friends or even you can even practice and we'll touch on routines a little bit later, but practice what it's going to be like to show up on the first day. What can you expect to see? And uh, another another thing you can practice this summer is separating from each other. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. practice spending time in different rooms. You can set a timer. You can talk about you know, I'm going to go in the next room and read my book and you're going to stay in this room and do your blocks. And I'm going to check on you after 10 minutes. Right. And here's the timer. And we're going to crack, you know, I'm going to be right over here. So they, they understand what's happening. They feel safe. They feel secure, but they're not, you're not in the same room. That that's a really effective strategy for our toddler crew. Um, of course for, for older kids, you can do more of that role play and the practice. So, you can discuss with your preschoolers exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to walk you to the front door of the school and I'm going to hand you off to your teacher and we're going to say goodbye and I'm going to get my car and I'm going to come back at this time. And your your school day is going to have this, this, and this happen. And after the last thing, I'm going to come back and get you or you're going to get on the bus and I'm going to be at the bus stop or whatever it is. And it's just really important that you follow through in the beginning. I know, of course, things happen and we are human and, and plans have to shift. But when you're practicing and even then when the school year starts, really important that you show up when you say you're going to show up. You don't break those promises, right? It builds that trust. And it just, like you said, it's it's all building resilience, right? This is all good. It's, it's, it's hard. It feels hard for them because it's hard. And validating those feelings is important and saying, I know, I know you're nervous and I really enjoyed all of our time together this year. But what are you looking forward to, right? So we can practice saying goodbye. You can you can practice, and again, lots of conversation with the preschoolers and kindergartners and first graders about what do you think is going to happen on the first day, and what are you excited about? Yeah, I think it's reminding me of my daughters, who are both older. My youngest is eighteen, and although I remember back to when they were starting school, and we did a thankfully their school did a, a bit of a practice day where they walked through the hallway and they went to the lunchroom and they figured out how to have a, a go through the line if they needed anything from the from lunch or if, mm-hmm. what to do with their bag of lunch. And those are things that you not necessarily as a parent, you think of practicing, but practice it all. Replicate yeah. it all if your school's not doing it. The scariest things are experiences you don't feel ready for and you don't know what's expected of you to succeed in that. But if you That's have right. some practice or you get to role play it, you're going to feel more successful. And again, as much as even adults, right? No, most adults say, don't make me role play. And it is also <laughs> proven to be the most effective way to teach people and to prepare people for things. So have a little fun with it, especially young kids. They like to play school so that there's a good mm-hmm. opportunity there for them. And I think what you were saying, Claire, too, about the, the follow through and making sure that you come back you're not only helping them with their separation anxiety, but you are also teaching them and and kind of building that trust and reliability so they can know what know what's coming next. And when you can predict what's coming next, you're more comfortable in what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And again, I keep equating this to adults, but there it's it's the same for us. When we don't know what's happening the rest of our day or the week, and we don't know what's going to be expected of us to succeed, that causes anxiety. If you were going to have a meeting with your boss and you were going to be together, you had no idea what was expected of you or what was success look like, when it was going to start, when it was going to be over, <laughs> Yeah, you'd be anxious about it. And so of course, children are going to have some of these feelings. My youngest daughter, the one I was just mentioning, Abby, she 
is the most independent child. She is so independent. She was not when she was a toddler. And I had to be at the center by 5 p.m. every day because that's when Miss Holly left. And if it was if I wasn't there before Miss Holly left, things would go crazy. And I would just be running out of work and everyone knew, oh, Miss Holly's leaving, you gotta go. Because it was like a group effort until we figured out how to help her through it. And and then we all figured it out how to get her through it. But alternately, if a child doesn't have separation anxiety, that doesn't mean you have a bad relationship or they're That's not right. attached to you. That's, That's a temperament right. issue. So some mm-hmm. children are not going to experience these feelings. They're going to just run right in there and be fine and be sad when you try to pick them up. And that's, that's also right. fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. doesn't mean anything about your parenting. It just is a different temperament from a child. That's so true. And I can think of one of my kids, my oldest has, has always been like such a just, just so easy breezy, maybe a touch of nerves on the first day of preschool. And then when we moved to a new town, but honestly, every other first day, bye mom. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, 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 bye. I can't wait to get to school. And my, my, one of my other children who shall remain nameless. (laughs) I mean, wow. We start talking about going back to school about six weeks before the school year starts. It's a conversation at dinner time. It's a conversation before bed. It's normal, right? So where there's this whole range of what's normal Every year, young children are experiencing this from whether it's preschool or kindergarten or the early grades or even even beyond the early grades. This is happening. Kids are trying to hide it more as they get older, but a lot of these feelings are still mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to happen more in a year where kids haven't been in social settings. There's going to be a heightened level of need to pay attention to this, which is why we're giving yeah. this so much time right now. Because of anything as a parent you can do starting now to help your children with getting ready. Again, what we're kind of redefining what that means. This is this is the most important thing you can do. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that. We just we talked a little bit out about any nerves or feelings your children might be having going back to school. But another question I get all the time from parents in the summer is how do I get my child ready for school academically this summer? And I get questions about, should they be doing sight words and should we be doing flashcards and worksheets? And, you know, it's a, it's a really important and legitimate question. So first, of course, find out what your classroom teacher or school district is expecting. Then if, if there's a sight word expectation that they know sight words, it's important to know what are the ex- expectations. It's hard not to say, again, just mention the year that we're in, that the expectations will be different. The entire population of children in the United States have gone through a disruption in school. Teachers will adjust. Schools will adjust for individuals and for groups. So you don't have to say, oh, in five years ago, this would have been the third grade expectation. So therefore, we better meet that. So paying attention to current expectations, but finding out what those are Mm -hmm. and reading and writing, being able to communicate are essential life skills. Literacy is so valuable. It opens so many doors to other abilities and skills and opportunities. So not just for literacy sake, but being able to communicate and express yourself 
valuable for most careers and it becoming more and more valuable as it's a, mm-hmm. it's becoming a more scarce skill expert of expertise with social media and other influences so so important and also mathematical thinking and reasoning scientific thinking those stem skills thinking like an engineer that problem solving super important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but most important is learning knowing how to apply and use that knowledge and so we want when we're thinking about teaching children these skills or supporting their learning to support that in really authentic and meaningful ways. Memorization is memorization. It's not learning. It can sometimes be a stepping stone to learning, but it's not evidence of learning. Most of the time when we memorize or cram something, we forget it pretty fast Mm -hmm. if we don't use it in an authentic way. So that's something we'd always say. That's something we do at our own centers and and programs is we teach these very important skills in an integrated, meaningful, authentic, useful way. For an example, if we were going to do that, maybe in the summer, kids are outside, you know, they're outside, they're playing, maybe they're planting a garden. They can learn how to write by labeling things. They can measure, they can learn about the soil and science and they can can read about things. And they're doing that and and they're Mm -hmm. learning all those things, sight words, practicing spelling, all of those things are happening in something that's relevant and meaningful to them. So that's what we mean by that. Yeah. What about some of those other, um, we call them future ready skills usually at Bright Horizons, but I really, I just call them with my own kids, I just call them life skills. Basically, it's the set of skills that are, if you think of a Venn diagram between cognitive development and social emotional development, they're like right in the middle of those Mm -hmm. two things because they're developing both of those aspects of, of development. And they're so important. They're truly the most important skills for children to be developing because they advance every other skill. So for example, a 21st century skill is the ability to solve problems, to think creatively about something that can be used in any scenario in school or in life. Mm -hmm. What if you can't problem solve? Think of how limiting that would be for school and life or is limiting collaboration yeah. or executive function. Executive function includes regulating your behaviors and controlling your impulses. Those life skills is how to learn, how to think, how to solve something, how to try, fail, come up with a different idea, try again, maybe fail again, try again. That persistence, perseverance, creativity, that's the kind of stuff you really want to focus on. And you can see your children doing those things naturally when they are able to play like imaginary play and give them a card. There's a reason kids like those cardboard boxes. They love to do this (laughs) creative work. Give them creative challenges. Don't solve things right away from that for them. Focus on the effort and the process they're making and provide suggestions or ask questions rather than giving them answers. And you'll see all of these all of these skills being worked on very naturally. Kids gravitate towards towards working on these skills and building these skills. We we can get in the way of that sometimes. So just being attentive to giving them the space to develop these things and not solving things for them will really go a long way. Yeah, that's one of my favorite tips to give parents, um, not just in relation to back to school, but kind of always, all year round is encouraging that responsibility and independence in kids. And and I know it's funny, like these, you know, these toddlers and preschoolers, 
they're they're so small and they they do need us. They need our help with things. But they also need us to give them the space to figure things out on their own and be independent and feel responsible for things. So what does that look like? So some some simple strategies that you can use now, right now, today. You can involve your children in some chores around the house. That's a great way to instill some responsibility. You're in charge of matching the socks. And guess what else is happening while you're matching the socks? Some math skills. You're doing some sorting. You're doing some, you're identifying colors. You're building vocabulary. All kinds of great things are happening. Um, Self-help skills. I mean, not only are you going to be doing your child's teacher a favor, but you're doing yourself a favor. Like think about your own long game here, right? You got a child who can put on their own shoes in the morning. That's one less thing that you've got to battle about, right? So, you know, putting on your own shoes, um, figuring out, uh, how to put on the coat. I know that that's, that's tricky for toddlers, but you know, preschoolers can handle that. There's lots of little tips and tricks and opening a food container that you might be sending them to school with. If there's like a snack container, practice that. Right. And they can be independent. You can say, you, you can do this. Why don't you try? And when they fail the first couple of times, because they will, and they say, I can't do it. I just, I'm never going to, never going to be able to open the snack container. You can use that growth mindset mentality you were just mentioning. And you can say, well, you're right. It's tricky. You don't know how to open it yet. And just adding that yet. So validating the frustration. Oh, it is frustrating. That that snack container is kind of tricky. Let's try again. Right. Just keep yep. the persistence and that, that instills that responsibility and independence that they will need to feel confident on the first day of school. But also again, you're making your own life easier here. Just you're, you're doing yourself a favor. So it's a little bit of work for a lot of reward for you as a parent. Yeah. I like those suggestions that we've been making and the, uh, the snack container is a great one. The, the thing is, I love your reference to play the long game here is we're often trying to do that stuff when we're rushed and we're doing something else. So we don't have the patience for it. We're trying to get out the door. Yep. So we're, we're frustrated about the shoe tying. So we just do it for them. Just it's an activity in and of itself. We're going to learn it. We're going to play tying right. shoes. We're going to tie stuff today. And it's not about getting <laughs> out the door. It's practice. It's and, and you weave it into something fun. The snack container is something fun. It isn't in a high pressure situation when you're right. also don't have the time for the practice. Sometimes yes. you're just going to put the shoes on and sometimes you're going to put the coat on and sometimes you're going to open something for them. And that's fine. As a parent, certainly you can do that. But the long game is exactly what you need to be playing here. And it does make your life easier for them and their teachers, the teachers, school, school teachers, they say, they say publicly in many different places, the most important skills are for children to be able to do self-help skills and to separate. They'll take care of the rest. They're, they're teachers. Right. They're teaching this. They're teaching the other stuff. That's the social, emotional skills and abilities is what they're hoping for when children come to school. That's exactly right. You'll, you'll be doing yourself and them such a huge favor. <laughs> I also want to touch quickly on um, social emotional skills. It's another aspect of school readiness that we definitely don't want to gloss over. We and have a lot of resources about social emotional health and learning all over Bright Horizons. But, um, you know, you've got a preschooler, you've got a verbal child heading to school this fall. Spend some time before school starts practicing that emotional vocabulary, right? Some some feelings words, right? And then you're thinking about a teacher in a busy classroom with some chaos happening the first few weeks. And if you have a, there's a student who's crying and the teacher doesn't know why, and there's maybe a student who is crying or about to cry, but that child is saying, I feel scared. 
or I'm frustrated. And the teacher can just sit somewhat, you're, you're setting your child up for success, right? They can, if they can communicate those feelings in a clear way and, 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 the, and the positive ones too, I feel excited. I feel happy. I can't wait. All those, that's all part of school readiness, right? So, and, and, and once they can label the feelings, they can better manage the feelings. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. you're setting them up for a, a great confident start to school. All right. So let's talk nitty gritty here, Rachel. Let's imagine it's, you know, T minus 10 days before the first day of school or a week before school starts. I'm a parent of some young kids or young child. I'm looking ahead to that first day of school. What's something that I can do to make sure that first day and that first week are as smooth as possible? This this advice I'm going to share, I'm also going to say it's the advice I didn't like to get as a parent is that to start on their school routine and schedule now. So I just wanted to have every day of summer up until the very last minute, but that is not what kids need because they need the, they need the first day of school to not be a sudden disruption to everything. Mm-hmm. So even if it's just starting with a bedtime or we're waking up, we're not all going to sleep in or whoever's sleeping until 10 and then you get to play video games or whatever the routine is that will no way work out during a school day. So everybody's getting up at seven or whatever it is. Is there, is there setting out breakfast options the night before that they can help with? And so then they can learn some self-help by taking care of their breakfast in the morning, whatever it is, start doing a couple of those things and adding on to them the routine of the day, except for going to school should be pretty set before the first day of school so that you're not dealing with that huge transition on the first day of school. Going to school is enough of a transition. And, and then, right. Like me, the advice I needed is you need to get on board here and not talk negatively about this new routine and having to get up and not, not wanting to give up summer. You can have those feelings as an adult and talk about them mm-hmm. to your, to your friends, but not, not expressing to children you're disappointed or you're frustrated. You don't want to model or, or give them a reason to wonder about what's happening and why isn't it good. So really positive about it. You have the new routines as well. Role modeling, mm-hmm. talking out your thoughts is a really good way for children to learn about how you're processing something. And and then, you know, we've been talking about this this whole time, but practice that routine. Practice. If you haven't been do, if you don't do it the second you listen to this podcast, definitely do it at least the week before. One commonality almost all kindergartners have is they're exhausted the first couple of weeks of school. It's a whole new level of expectations and routine and social expectations. It's tiring. My kids slept so much that first week of school. We kind of got to think about every child might be a kindergartner coming back to school. My kids did not step foot in a school last year. They both chose, opted into the all, even when they had the option to go back to school they both chose to stay virtual. We have so many kids that have had either limited or no school expectations. So Mm -hmm. no matter what age they are, it will be exhausting. And not because it's bad, not because anything is wrong happening. It's 
such, it's just like starting a new job. So many different people, expectations, social things going on, just the routine of the day, the, the busyness of the day, not kids are used to kids from at home are used to having more downtime or they can go to their room during the day and, and knowing how to manage that throughout a six hour day when you can't just go to your room and take a little break or lay on the couch mm-hmm. for a little bit, giving them some coping strategies to do that would be great, but also just know it's tiring and they're going to need that. They're going to, everybody's a kindergarten mentality. That's what I keep thinking is even, even my daughter going off to college, she's going to have a kindergarten experience because oh, it's going to absolutely been over a year since she's had that level of social interaction and an all day schedule. I know it does. It, it seems like a lot after, after what's usually a slower schedule in the summer. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to make a plug too for, um, this is like one of my, one of the school readiness tips I sometimes forget about, though I actually utilize it every year, which is get connected with your child's teacher, like right off the bat. And it's not, it's not, you don't have to be, feel shy about that because you and your child's teacher are a team for the, for the whole time that that child's in their classroom. Yeah. So in summary, let me say that I know it's tempting to feel like this year we have to prepare so differently than any other year, but I don't think that we do. What children need to be feel successful and confident is the same. How they develop is the same. Sure, some things will need more attention. We've talked about self-help skills and separation anxiety, and, and that will be elevated this year, the need for help with that. But overall, just enjoy getting ready for school. Have some fun with it. Try some of the things that we suggested. Know that teachers are going to meet children where they are. This has been a shared experience and there will be individual and shared adaptations. So just keep focusing on that. What it means to be ready for school for a young child means that they love learning, that they cannot wait to learn. They're super enthusiastic. They want to tell you everything they know about something. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing. doesn't matter if they're right. They just love it. They love the <laughs> learning. And then they know how to learn. They know how to think. They can answer questions. They, they don't rely on other people to give them all the answers. And of course, these good social emotional skills we've been talking about. That's what it means to be ready for school. That's what will help a child be successful in school. So focus on those things and your child will be ready to succeed and And you'll finish off the summer having lots of fun and getting ready for a great school year. Good luck to all our young learners as they head back to school. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us and find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love. And rediscover parenting as a joy it was meant to be.